The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, when you think of Loch Ney, what do you think of? Well, from your geography class, you'll know it's Ireland's biggest lake. And maybe in your mind's eye, you have this idea of uh, an almost square lake. But all along the banks, there might be little towns and marinas and places where pleasure boats can pop in and have lunch or maybe a drink or two and then carry on. Uh, that's how you might imagine it. That is not the reality. Newton Emerson, who's a columnist of the Irish Times, has been talking about what is the truth about Loch Ney, that it's an ecological disaster. Newton, good morning. Good morning. I think I'm wrong about the marinas and the nice villages dotted around the place with parasols for those coming in off the water and fishermen uh, drawing all sorts of uh, seafood from the loch. That's not what's happening. Well, part of the reason I think that we have such an ecological disaster in Loch Ney is it, it's it's not the geographically dominant feature in Northern Ireland that you would imagine, as you, as you mentioned there, when you look at, at Northern Ireland on a map. It, it has quite a forbidding geography. Um, it it uh, used to flood until the Victorians built a weir at Tomb about 150 years ago. It used to nearly double in size every winter. And so the lock was, was dropped about four metres in height over the past century and a half. So it has a, a, a very sort of flat, boggy surrounding area that's never been developed and that nobody wants to live on because it has a seasonal plague of flies that keeps people away. Because oh of the, it's rather it's a rather stagnant, uh, boggy area, and uh, and so there are no roads around it. Really, just a few minor roads. There are no towns or settlements on it. No real housing. There's three marinas, council-run marinas around it, at uh, Antrim and Lurgan and uh, in, in uh, Ballyronan, which is uh, is a village up in the northwest corner of it. It's just a small village, but really, um, it, it's. It, most people in living, who live here are oblivious to it. You, you, you almost never even see it. <clears throat> and its only commercial activities are eel fishing. And we don't eat eels here. We, we export them all. And uh, sand dredging, which is not a very attractive uh, amenity. Obviously, there are a couple of rather quarry-like wharfs around the south of the loch. So the fact is that although we get about 40% of our drinking water from Loch Ness, and although it, it touches five of the six counties and completely dominates the geography of the middle of the, uh, of the region, uh, it's a sort of blank spot mm. in, our, in, in our mental maps. So uh, the, the activity is eel fishing for export, uh, and that's kind of obviously a very industrial thing. It doesn't uh, bring the punters in great numbers to buy fresh eel. Uh, sand dredging, not a particularly attractive kind of amenity, but very lucrative for the people who are uh, selling the sand, I suppose. And that's about the height of it. But the big thing that you say there is a bit disconcerting. 40% of drinking water coming from Loch Ney. So if Loch Ney goes toxic... What then? Well, at the minute, uh, NI Water um, is just filtering it uh, ever more assertively. NI Water uh, is um, a, a, what you would call, I think, a sort of semi-state company, and you'd call it in the Republic. Mm -hmm. It was set up from our nationalised water service uh, about 18 years ago by the Labour government with the intention of selling it off, of privatising it. But uh, the DUP and Sinn Féin managed to stop that when they got back into government under the St Andrews Agreement. So we have this kind of stalled privatisation, this, this sort of half half denationalised company that uh, that it is amenable to being sued now. It's lost its crown immunity, but it, it, it's also not had any investment put into it. Since Sinn Féin and the DUP stopped that privatisation plan, Stormont effectively 
pays Northern Ireland's water bills, domestic water bills, uh, and it won't ever put that that up. It's still three hundred million pounds a year that it pays for all our domestic water bills. That hasn't gone up in the past. 15 years. Mm-hmm. So, so, so in other words, uh, Sinn Féin, given their stance on water charges in the Republic, are not likely to advocate water charges north of the border. No. No, now that the, the storm has collapsed again, the government is threatening to to uh, to look at water charges. And I think that the risk of privatisation has faded because it's collapsed in England. So th- there's a possibility that charges could come in. But the point is that 15 years of underinvestment in the water system mean that, um, that we're progressively dumping more and more sewage, especially during periods of heavy rain into the lock. Now, uh, Loch Ness suffered an algal bloom and near collapse in the 1970s, but there was investment in sewage treatment plants around it, and by the 1990s it had recovered. That's the situation we're in again. This algal bloom has effectively begun to kill it off, uh, but the um, Environment Agency here says even if we manage to reduce the pollution going into it, it will take 21 years for it to recover. Now, the main sources of pollution aren't actually sewage. They're runoff from the uh, agricultural industry, and in particular food processing. It's not just fertilizer washing off into the lake, although that is a huge problem, but we also have a lot of um, very politically influential agri-food firms here who uh, are, are producing waste that finds its way into the into the mm. locker, into the environment in general. Yeah. And I mean, that was, that was an issue during the RHI scandal, for example. Those firms and farmers aren't being... Well, I mean, they are regulated, but not enough. And dredging, in fact, was only regulated by Stormont in 2021. Mm. That took ages as well. So you've got a situation where agricultural runoff, food industry runoff and sewage runoff is going into the water, which then has to be filtered and cleaned by this semi-privatised entity. And and poverty and poverty stricken entity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So who owns the waters in the lake? Who owns the lake? (laughs) <laughs> what a complicated question that is. Right. Well, no, uh, the public owns the water and uh, the land around it is just normally owned. But the lake bed belongs to the 12th Earl of Shaftesbury via the inheritance of a royal grant from 1661. So this is a rather odd feudal anachronism. And uh, he licenses the dredging. So that's his main income from the lock. I think that he can also sell licenses for fishing and shooting around the shores. And because the lock was dropped, its level was dropped, he also probably owns the freehold on a lot of the land around it, although there's been no survey done mm. of that. So but, it's but is, he, is he willing to sell it? Yes, he offered to sell it to Stormont during uh, the privatisation or the um, that that NI water issue about 15 years ago, and Stormont again looked at it during devolution at buying it off him in 2014. The, the sale price he offered was six million pounds, which is just peanuts for you know yeah. a sixth of Northern Ireland, and uh, that Stormont wouldn't take it on. I, I I've been informed. Uh, by uh, by rumour that uh, the reason for this is that uh, Stormont thought, well, then we might be more liable for fixing it. So they didn't, they didn't want to take it on. Okay. The, the fundamental problem with cleaning the water is the confusion of ownership. Um, this, the, the Earl of Shaftesbury isn't causing any of the pollution. He's not responsible for fixing the pollution. He's not stopping any of the agencies responsible from doing their job. The dredging has been an issue with pollution. The confusion of ownership is probably um, not helping. Mm. But mainly the Earl of Shaftesbury is a handy political excuse for parties that would rather, and officials, it must be said, that would rather not take on farming, agri-food, or the prospect yeah. of having to bring in water charges. Now, the, the, the dredging for the production of sand, which is then for sale for construction and other things, is that a nice little earner, or do we know uh, how much the Earl of Shaftesbury uh, is 
earning every year because it could be that you buy the lake and you keep dredging the sand and you keep making mm-hmm. money, which might help you fund the whole thing. Well, I don't, I mean, it's probably, I'm sure it's a very nice earner for the Shaftesbury estate, but it, it would be a drop in the bucket for Stormont's income. Uh, no, it's not a significant amount of money. Um, the, the, uh, unfortunately, you know, the, those kind of uh, commercial and sensible motivations don't really operate in the bureaucratic mess that we're dealing with here. The lock um, is very unusual in Northern Ireland or anywhere, actually, in not having a single statutory body in charge of it. It falls under several Stormont departments and their agencies and five local councils. Um, it, it it isn't mysteriously administered in any way by Waterways Ireland. That's the yeah. all-Ireland body under the Good Friday Agreement the, that looks after yeah. navigable and, and waterways. We, we got a, a statement from them, one of six north-south <laughs> implementation bodies uh, established under the British Irish Agreement of 1998, responsible for all of this water, but not for Loch Ney. It says Loch yes. Ney is not within our statutory remit. The waterways designated under the legislation are the Urn System, the Lower River Band, the River Barrow, the Royal Canal, Shannon Urn Waterway, Grand Canal and the River Shannon. Now, there's another wrinkle in all of this. The zebra mussel. Explain. Yes. So, ironically, what's finally tipped Loch Ney over the edge is the water being suddenly cleaned up by these zebra mussels, which is uh, an, an invasive species that's now uh, in, in the waterways all around Ireland and in the urn system as well, actually. So, uh, I mean, it's not something that waterways Ireland can really deal with. It was first spotted in the loch in twenty. And sorry, 2005, but from 2017, their numbers just exploded and they, they filter feed. So that cleans the water, lets sunlight down into Loch Ness, where it triggers the algal bloom. So it also collapses the food chain for oh, most other animals. So it is an, it is an environmental disaster. Uh, don't be misled by the idea of the water being suddenly cleaned up. Um, this is you don't want Loch Ness to be uh, to have clear water. It needs to be naturally murky and slightly um, uh, uh, anoxic water. Uh, so this is what's finally uh, finally caused it the uh, you know the pollution disaster. And zebra mussels can be eradicated. Some lakes in the United States have done this using chlorine, I think. But it's a it's a you know an astonishingly enormous task. I don't think it'll ever be done. So the solution, uh, given how vulnerable the Northern Ireland drinking water supply is to all of this, what can be done, how quickly and by whom? Well, you would think it would almost help that we have no Stormont at the minute because we are under control of the Northern Ireland office, which could just pull a lever and sort this out in theory. Um, and the fact that uh, the DUP and Sinn Féin probably wouldn't like it is only, an, is only an advantage because, of course, the NIO wants to motivate the DUP back to work. So I think if the NIO turned around and said, we're going to stop fertilising are going onto farmland around this lock. We're going to bring in domestic charges to modernise the sewage system, and we're going to finally crack down on some of this um, food processing waste. Then uh, they could do that. But um, I, I mean, Stormont has never done it during the twenty years of operation when it's had an opportunity to do it. In fact, it's it's um, it's persistently turned down opportunities to do it. So um, I, I think that the prospects, I'm afraid, are not good for for dealing with this. And yet. Mm. Apart from the zebra mussels, the solution is there. The solution is very simple. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.